0: Offering bundled products is quite simply one of the most important things you could do when running an online store. Bundles are so effective that it's one of the few things that's on every single product page on Amazon. Why? Because it works! The easiest way to add powerful and flexible bundle options to your store is the Bold Bundles app. It's become my favorite bundle app. I recently learned it's one of the few on Shopify that doesn't duplicate products or variants and doesn't rely on coupon codes either, so it doesn't mess up your inventory. Every store has a different idea of how they want to offer bundles. Bold Bundles can handle them all. It can do traditional group bundles, BOGO bundles, even no discount You may also like bundles. The coolest thing though, at least according to me, is the combo product. Bold lets you create a virtual product that represents the bundle, so you can edit the product just like any other in your store, but when a customer adds it to the cart, Bold Bundles adds all the products in the bundle at whatever discount you set. It's seamless. So if you want to add bundles to your Shopify store and increase your average order value in the process, I highly recommend the Bold Bundles app. And as a listener of the unofficial Shopify podcast, Bold is offering it to you free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com slash bold and you can install it from there to get your exclusive offer. Kurtelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov. Makers of SEO Meta Manager have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells, to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search Order Lookup in the App Store.
1: You have those big sales uh, numbers in Black Friday. I think too many brands rely on just like, well, we're just going to run a bunch of ads for Black Friday. And, and also everyone wants the Black Friday deals. And so they're going to come and, and that's when we'll get all of our new customers. But
0: <laughs> they wait till the last minute and they go, uh-oh. Yes. So we should start now to acquire customers. Mm-hmm. And because, you have sane strategies to do that.
1: Well, I hope they're sane. Um, <laughs> I think working in e-commerce is, pretty much not sane uh, a lot of times um but yeah i mean there are there are absolutely ways to approach it and i actually was talking with a customer yesterday who is a um a cbd brand okay and he was talking about customer acquisition without ads because cbd
0: they're yeah they're in uh, what we call trouble. it a sensitive industry yes it's very it's age restricted it's not legal in every state payment gateways get weird about it
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah he had issues even with like what platform he built his website on um, because of payment gateways uh, so he was saying you know there's he has had to do all these things that most brands aren't doing like he can't run ads like all of his friends are doing that run brands. Um, and it just made me think, man, there's so much that we can learn from CBD brands and these brands in restricted industries about how they build their businesses. Because I've ta- also talked to a lot of brand owners who are turning off their ads right now because there's just so much uncertainty. Or right. uh you know, reducing their ad spend drastically or changing their approach to ads um because you know there's changes coming and they don't know what they are, and they don't know how it'll Im- impact things, and why spend money on something that you don't really know what is gonna happen from from it, so there's this okay, well, we turned off our ads. what are we gonna do now? <laughs> how are we going to go get new customers? How are we going to? Uh, bring customers back when we don't have, we aren't able to follow them around the internet.
0: And as you may have guessed today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, I am joined by Val Geisler, who is customer evangelist at Calavio. But prior to doing that, joined this show in the past as an email marketing consultant, who was brilliant. And today we're going to talk about new customer acquisition customer acquisition costs keep going up it is getting harder and more expensive at least so i'm told i believe it uh and so we're talking about some options there and also why this matters why you should do this now why you can't wait until october and go oh black friday is around the corner let's get some customers you should be working on this now and so mm-hmm. it sounds like by talking to merchants doing the work in the field val uh based on her own experience and in, in talking to merchants has some ideas for us. Hello mm-hmm. welcome.
1: Hey thanks for having me back Kurt.
0: My pleasure. oh my gosh, you're the coolest. Uh, you you joined you joined Clavio. What do you do there?
1: I'm a customer evangelist which means that I talk to our customers every single day and uh, collect their stories and then go tell their stories both internally and externally. So internally is my favorite because I get to teach other people who work at Clavio about our customers. Uh, There's a thing that happens when you work at a SaaS company that uh, you think that your customers are spending their entire day in your SaaS product. (laughs) And I've seen this at so many SaaS companies, uh, because I used to consult for SaaS. And everybody thinks their product is the most important thing in their customers' lives, and it just isn't. Um, So that's kind of my mission is like, well, one, uplift brands who don't otherwise get an opportunity to be lifted up. You know, what? we don't need to highlight the big celebrity brands all the time. We don't need to uh, talk about every well-known brand. We need to lift up these amazing small brands that are doing incredible work and show them off. Um, So I do that with our team. And then uh, also working on some initiatives to share those stories externally. I work with our content team and our brand team, and I get to work really cross-functionally, which is my favorite way to work with people is in collaboration.
0: So you get to make new friends and then tell your coworkers about those new friends.
1: Yeah, I get to uh, make new friends and then find other new friends to tell about them and connect people um which has been always been my favorite thing even as a consultant it was one of my favorite things to do is connect people who need to know about each other
0: that is it is deeply rewarding when you introduce two people and then like a month later discover they're doing something really cool and you knew like wow i sent an email and kicked that off
1: yeah i think it's actually it's one of the ways i grew my business so maybe this is a a thing that merchants can take away too is introducing people who need to know each other Uh, in one way or another. There's always, if you have enough conversations with other people, you uh, find out problems that they're having and you know another person who has a solution to that problem. And um, with double opt-in on both sides, I want to put that caveat out there, make sure both people are open to the introduction, but then making those introductions. If you do that once a week, uh, you build your network, you become a, a person that people look to for that kind of connection and uh, they re- people remember you and they remember what you do because you've helped them do what they do.
0: That is a, a brilliant piece of advice. So I wanna discuss these, these customer acquisition strategies though. So mm. you mentioned that there's uncertainty and today as of this recording i was 14.5 i installed on my phone this morning and so this is the uncertainty that we're talking about it's a little weird because this episode will air several weeks from now when we'll have a better picture we'll have, but what's the fear
1: we'll have slightly more certainty when this is airing um the fear is you know we're, there are a lot of changes happening in data and privacy for the better of the consumer quite honestly like we can't as it's very disheartening as marketers and as brands to say, like, you can't just go follow people around the internet unless they say it's okay to do so. Uh, and, and that's basically what the, the ch- privacy changes are. Um, is <laughs> it's kind of like GDPR in that, hey, don't be a jerk with email. This is kind of like, don't be a jerk with ads. Don't follow people who don't want to be followed. Um, you know, that's a very oversimplification of, the the details of each change but it's essentially what we're talking about this like you see a lot of articles about the like, cookie list future and uh, lots of talk about cookies in general and how it's playing into how we run ads and the uncertainty comes from well what does that mean um what does it mean that we can't follow people around anymore uh what i heard was it the apple uh, announcement There was something like there used to be 400 some properties that you could target people through and now there's going to be like nine um so it's like reducing the number of ways that we can target audiences reducing the the number of touch points in various capacities and then also because of that it has the big brands benefit because they have cash to throw at at however many ads they want to run, which then we saw this in Black Friday 2020, the big brands now on e-commerce pushing that more, throw money at ads that they have to spend uh, like crazy and the small brands suffering because of that, because they just don't have the ad spend to have their ads seen as often as right. the big box stores. Um so the same kind of thing is happening now with the data and privacy changes is big brands still have the ad dollars to spend they can increase their budget it's not a big deal to them um you know what's an extra million and
0: they're they're flatly playing a longer game too because of that like they have so much well straight like as a business they have privilege in this advertising space because they're looking at it longer term they have a bigger budget to blow through more discretionary money money Uh, life is easier when you're Walmart kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the impact that it has on small businesses is that you are pushed to the back. I mean, it's kind of like if you're the short person at the concert and everyone around you is tall, you don't see most of the concert and that's kind of what's happening in ads. Uh, and so brands are becoming less and less reliant on ads and also not really filling that gap. Uh, turning off ads and not having a plan for how you replace that. Um, you There's always a plan for how you replace that budget. Okay, cool. We're going to uh, take some budget away from ads. That means we can go spend it over here. There's always need for for dollars. But what about the strategy that like, if ads was simply I'm just putting money into this budget and it's, it's going to, this machine is going to do its thing, then you probably didn't have a strategy around your ads in the first place. But if you did have strategy, what is your strategy now? How are you bringing customers in? Whether it's that you've completely turned off ads, or you have reduced the amount of ad spend, because I'm seeing both. Um, And I'm not here to say like ads are bad, or everyone should stop running ads, or, um, you know, cancel your Contract with your ad agency. Um, I don't. I think ads have a forever purpose. They've existed since the beginning of marketing, or maybe longer. Uh, so, I mean, we ran ads in World War One to get people to build machines and go to war. So, like the ads have existed forever, and they always will. And it's a question of what ads will look like and how they this shift from company focus to customer focus.
0: So currently it sounds like the, the landscape for what merchants that you're talking to is that they're moving their resources mm-hmm. away from uh, PPC ads, but they still need a, a strategy. They still need to be able to acquire customers. Yeah. So how can a brand get customers if they're not if they haven't budgeted for ads, not that they don't have the resources. If they're saying, look, we're just not putting our effort into that, into Facebook ads.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. One is let's consider that you've simply reduced your spend on ads. Uh, That means you're still running ads and the ads that you're running become even more important because they are less likely to be seen, but when they are seen, you want them to have some kind of impact. Uh, reducing your spend often increases the overall cost of your ads because your, or your cost per customer acquired. So your cat goes up when you reduce your ad spend in a lot of ways because your ad is viewed less, your, you know, the, what is being asked in that ad becomes more important. So if you are still running ads, I think now is the time to consider what you're running ads to. And historically, we've been able to point ads directly to a product. Or maybe a product um like group, right? If you run multiple SKUs or have a large store. You can you could, in the past, push people directly to a product that they've looked at, um, something that is connected to a lookalike audience. You could push people to a, a category that was fine when ads were easy to run and cheap. Uh, now, I think that the the focus again it needs to go away from the company and toward the customer. So unless your customer truly was like an abandoned cart. And in which case I I think you should go email over ads, but um, that's a different topic or
0: SMS or
1: SMS email or SMS over. ads. I
0: did get uh, anecdotally. I was, I was cruising a few sites. I was looking at the gold which sells like just the most gangster pendants you can come up with, but they have these really fun licenses to go with it. So, you can get like just a blinged out Spider Man pendant, officially licensed for Marvel. It is one of the most fun stores I've seen. But here, okay, so I'm like playing with this, uh, add an item to cart, leave. An hour later, I get a text message that's like, hey, we saw you abandon. Like, hey, this is, you know, whoever, we saw you abandon your cart. Will you go ahead and, uh, or did you want me to check if I get a discount for you? That was how was mm, it was. I like that. To get my engagement. I like that. And of course, I reply. If you get someone to reply, engagement goes way up. So I replied and I said, yes. And then, uh, like a minute later, oh, I I checked. I was able to get this discount for you. And it was a a discount code for, you know, like 10, 15% off, something to that effect. And I loved it. It was the best abandoned cart SMS experience I've had yet. So So it was top of mind. I expect to see this
1: bling on you very soon. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did. Okay. I did not actually purchase a I
1: need Kurt Elster in some blinged out spider-man just a, something yeah
0: just big big miami link chain and a spider-man was there a disney just cz pendant yeah you, you need a yeah. disney one to go really you know i'm sure yeah i'm sure i could find one who's got the license yeah i
1: don't know disney themselves i actually got an sms abandoned cart um, from inkbox and it just said it was like three hours after i had abandoned a cart there and said did this they make uh temporary tattoos, but they're like four-week temporary tattoos. Uh, Did this tattoo catch your eye? And it linked to exactly the tattoo that
0: I was looking at. So That sounds like browse abandonment.
1: um, Well, it was actually in my cart, though. So I think it was a truly cart abandon. And then the next day they sent me, still deciding, in case you missed it, here's a code for your purchase. So yeah, SMS, email. I think abandoned carts belong there and not in ads. as a consumer this is the thing like as a consumer everyone is like that's it's kind of creepy to be followed around the internet by a product i was just looking at but then as marketers we all just do that we implement those ads all the time um and it's it's not that they don't work but it just doesn't feel great uh it's kind of like the um (laughs) the emails the abandoned cart emails that the subject line like saw you looking like no that's creepy (laughs) you know
0: um it's like yeah it gets the open rate but at what cost it also makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up
1: yeah like it's very big brother so um i think that the intention for facebook ads needs to go back to the customer and and the relationship like building the relationship should be first and foremost for you not getting the sale because you get the sale when you build a relationship
0: um, yeah, you can't just like, you know, when it's just that, you know, an ad that pops out of nowhere, it's like you're walking down the street. Some dude jumps out of an alleyway is like, hey, you want to buy some T-shirts? No, no, I definitely don't. No, even if you
1: you're. To, yeah. Even if you're like walking to a T-shirt store, you you know, you're <laughs> choosing that T-shirt store. It's not just showing up in front of you. Um, so, it,
0: it, and, uh, yeah, who's the person who, went, you know what I really love? High pressure sales tactics.
1: <laughs> and that's what that is. Uh huh. It's so it's the the um the third email from the cold email that you never asked for about the SEO on your website. Uh it's that like it's the you know I never asked you to evaluate my website. <laughs> um Greetings of the day yes. sir or madam? Yes sir or madam. Um so you know ads ads have a place and I think the best use of your ad dollars is to drive people to an opt-in so whether that's sms or email getting them onto one of your lists and that's you know at Clavio we call it owned marketing right you you own i love that, that phrase yeah i i think it um not enough people understand what it means and so it, it's kind of written off but i'm hearing more and more people talk about owned marketing in one way or another and it's basically
0: I, he, I, here's how I yeah, see tell me it. and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because, you know, I was at Clavio Boston. I heard I heard own marketing getting used for the first time. And I was like, I like this. But so on on Facebook, we for we I've heard that lovingly called the traffic store, you are leasing your audience, you are leasing the traffic from Facebook. Yeah. If they say, hey, we're we're killing your page, we're killing your group, we're killing your ads, whatever it is, you have now lost that access. You were just leasing them the whole time. Versus own marketing, if I have an email list in Clavio, they have opted into my list to communication with me. That is now portable. I own that list. I can export that list, I could put it into something else it's that's mine. I own that audience, and then I you know I could sync that to Facebook and access my my custom audiences there. so that's how i I perceived that distinction, why it's important, yeah,
1: I think. I don't wanna take it one step further and say first person marketing versus owned because I think that then using the word owned has this connotation of like, I own these people. Uh, and, and that's- But
0: generally if I go, I own you, that's not, not a great, positive- It's not a good look. Positive.
1: Um, so instead of like own and, and and also I've always had this thing about like my list, um, they're not a list, they are actual people. There are subscribers to a list.
0: My list I, is
1: not a group of people.
0: I agree with you, and I will challenge you. If you believe that, why do I think we should stop using the phrase "consumers"? I hate it. I think it's gross. Yeah. You know what consumers are? I think of locusts. Yeah, that's what I think. We're just a horde of locusts yeah. descending on resources versus customer I like, like people. Customer. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Visitor. Visitor. You know, yeah. All, all of those are good Disney calls them guests friend right <laughs> friend <laughs> yeah I like
1: guests um, I love places that have use words like that that feel very welcoming and family uh, you know um, the but yeah owned marketing first-person marketing is the ability to connect with those people directly no matter what happens to the platform right so even Clavio. Clavio could not exist tomorrow you could still have that csv of every person who subscribed to your email list right. um so that is the most powerful channel not just because i work at Clavio and have been doing email for years but i've been doing email for so long because i see the power of it and i see my friends who run facebook ads getting frustrated with uh you know not knowing attribution not knowing the the you know being held to court by customer by their clients who are saying how is what is the roi and what we're we're investing in you running our ads Um, you know we've we're paying you to run our ads and the return is just not there and it has nothing to do with that person's skills in building ads and everything to do with the platform's ability to serve those ads, um, or how it how the algorithm works, like in email, you're not working against an algorithm, other than maybe like the primary tab situation. I was gonna say,
0: yeah, like beyond just deliverability, yeah,
1: general deliverability, which also is like, um, it's like telling the weather, you know, you're like wrong 75% of the time. Um, But uh, there are some, you know, it's not all magic deliverability. So there's some, uh, def-
0: I was gonna say there's so you know, there's, there's stuff that is actively documented about yes. deliverability. There are standards and practices here yeah. versus the algorithms are always for advertising networks are always closely guarded secrets,
1: closely guarded a secrets black box. and constantly changing. Uh, yes, that's another reason I don't work in Facebook ads is because I don't want to have to learn a new interface every day. Um, oh,
0: I know. Business manager drives me crazy. Ah,
1: I've never, like, I've honestly never even looked at it because I think I looked at it, you know, 10 years ago when I was uh, running my business. And obviously it was a very different product then. Um, but yeah, I just feel like having that ability to connect one-to-one with somebody, it's, they are coming to, they're inviting you into their house. You know, we've talked before about the dinner party strategy. Um the uh, that's... Oh, remind me. I love it. Okay, I
0: love this analogy. Because so, recapping a little mm-hmm. bit, Co- customer acquisition costs through uh, performance marketing channels. So Facebook, Google ads, uh, really we're talking about Facebook ads. Uh, that keeps going up. It keeps getting more expensive yeah. and it's essentially getting less and less accessible to smaller brands. And so they're moving away from it for a myriad of reasons. And so we have to have better ways to connect with people. But for Facebook ads, your advice is, hey, focus on using it as a a traffic acquisition channel, but just to get people onto your list so that you can move them from, we lease them from Facebook to, they are part of our first person marketing. Yes, yes. Okay. Direct. Now, once I've gotten them there, this is where the dinner party strategy begins. I love the dinner party strategy.
1: A dinner party is, you know, you're inviting friends to your house for dinner, right? And this is why I've always loved email and, and now SMS is in that mix is, this is a a person your your customer your potential customer is a person who has given you one or, or both pieces of very personal information which is their email address and their phone number um those two things are not given away very freely for most people and it is an invitation to show up at and, and interface with them Um, when you invite someone to your house for a dinner party you're most likely hopefully not greeting them at the door with a fully plated meal and a fork in hand and saying here you go but that's what we're doing when we stick a product in a facebook ad when the first email we send is a, a a push to buy uh when we're approaching the relationship with nothing but the purchase in mind that's where we start to lose the connection to the people. Um, so you know I I have this whole dinner party strategy built out and we did talk about it on the last episode so I think if people want to hear more about it they can in depth go back to that episode and listen um
0: I will that episode is entitled getting customers for life through email from April 23rd 2019 episode 223 I will put it in the show notes.
1: But the the intention is we are building relationships with customers over time. And when you're able to do that, when you're pointing your Facebook ads to an email opt-in and then using email SMS to drive relationship and to talk to people like people and uh, and not just credit card numbers, um, then you build, you do, you build a customer for life. Um, when you follow them all over the uh, the internet with an ad, you build a customer for once, and then hopefully your product is freaking great, and that's why they keep coming back. And I mean, in all cases, hopefully your product is freaking great. But you can do a lot with an okay product and building relationship, because it's easy to walk away from a product and try something new. We have a million choices. Um, Even like I, I've been trying out different natural deodorants, like non-aluminum deodorants, and there's a
0: yeah, the aluminum is the right, yeah, yeah.
1: There's a million options, even when you eliminate baking soda, which is apparently an irritant for me. But when even when you do that, even when you take like multiple ingredients out, there's still a dozen options. So I have all the options in the world for this very niche product. And it's the companies that I'm building relationships with through my inbox that I stick with because they treat me like a human.
0: Do you look for companies that align with your values? How much does that play into it? And do you hear people, merchants talk about like, you know, we wanna tell our story, we wanna share our values and find mm-hmm. our tribe.
1: I definitely do. Um, I think um, I'm like a Gen X millennial cusper. Uh, so I don't have as deep of a need to have a company align with my values it in my case it feels a little bit like a like it's a really nice to have thing if you are very clearly not aligned with my values I'm most likely not going to be buying from you um, but I I know that there is a certain audience who that's number one for yeah you have to align with my values or I'm going to go shop somewhere else so it really does depend
0: on your customer yeah. for me it's a bonus yeah. like for I uh, sustainability is my thing, but so I I want, you know, I I want the value. I want a reliable product. I want something good. And then if it's got, if sustainability is part of the message, you get automatic bonus points. So like, and then I'll, I'll go for it. And then, you know, if you're like, Hey, you know, we, for fun, we dunk seagulls and vats of, you know, oil. Okay. I'm not going to go with you, (laughs) but you're right. I'm similar. I'm like, I am (laughs) at the very top end of millennial. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's like, uh, if you very clearly don't align, then no, I'm not spending my dollars with you. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like, uh, female and minority owned businesses are very important to me. And, um, so, but if you aren't female or minority owned, I am going to look into who's on your team. And if I get emails from a woman on your team, or if I see faces that are not white men on your website, Um, you know, those kinds of things are indicators to me that maybe it's okay. Uh, Like I might spend some money there, but I'm probably going to look for a female or minority owned business first. Do you
0: go to the about page? I've seen this behavior in screen recordings. People go like add to cart. They hit the cart. Then they go to the about page. They see who they're buying Mm -hmm. from and whether it's the story or the team, you know, one of the two. And then like, oh, that's why I also, always tell people like, hey, put the return policy on that about page for those folks. Like give them all that mm, info I up like front that. So they can make like a decision. That. That's a good, good CRO yeah. tip. So yeah. that's you. That's you add to cart and then you're like, all right, I'm gonna check this about page. See see who I'm giving my credit I card to. I do. I
1: usually am looking for like, what is this? the name of this brand all about? Because it usually tells me um, if it's not clear up front, it usually tells me more about the brand, uh, and what they stand for. So like that, using that deodorant example, I recently purchased from Curie, um, and learned one, they're a woman owned business. And two, they, uh, they named the brand after Marie Curie because, um, they uh-huh. believe in science. And, uh, so, you know, that felt like, oh, that's really neat. And, uh, that's something special that I can. Also, I have two daughters, so like that's a cool story I get to tell my kids when they're they're learning to read and they read the labels on my products, um, and so it feels like a thing that is bigger than deodorant. Um, so it's important to me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I th- I love it when I could share. I'll I'll try and figure out the story if it. I know it's something my kids will be interested, in, I'll try and tell yeah. them the story because I'm try I we're really desperately trying to normalize entrepreneurship yes. for them. I don't want them to think about that as like, well, that's some weird alternative option to a traditional, traditional employment. I want them to view them all like, well, you could be a business owner, or you could be a doctor, you could be a firefighter. Like, I just want it all on one normal, sane yeah, plane. Yeah, it's
1: all on the table. Being vice president of the United States and hopefully president of the United States is possible for my daughters um, because it's all normal jobs that people have to me, that's important. And telling that story behind your brand. Well, you know, knowing the Curie story gives me a connection. Personally, it gives me ways to connect with other people about the brand. Um, and, and I wouldn't know any of that if I didn't get their welcome emails. Um, I, I wouldn't know any of that if they just followed me around the internet with their deodorant and hoping that I pick one of the sense you know there's not a lot of they don't have a huge product line so their their options are different sense and if that's what they're delivering in ads it's not that's not compelling if it's just an image and like a this is the best aluminum free deodorant because everybody says that but why like what is the, what is the actual reason to buy your product um everyone thinks theirs is the best yours might actually be the best uh how is it actually the best What are the scientific studies that have been done? How are you rating this? Like, it's like number one Chinese restaurant and there's five of them in every town, you know? Um, So like, what is the actual story here?
0: Yeah, like who's going to the best to tow my car? A plus towing or A plus (laughs) plus towing? How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify One Click Upsell. Got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder One Click Upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to Zipify.com slash Kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Okay, so... I get I really for new customers I just want to drive them to an opt in so that I can get them a welcome series that will introduce them to me to the brand to the story our values our competitive advantages why you yeah. should buy really like drive that messaging home uh, and and do that else? I have several follow ups but I want to well, unpack I,
1: this I want to add to that and to do that now like. We're, we're at the, you know, end of spring, beginning of summer ish time right now. If you're listening right when this airs, um, doing that now allows time for the relationship to grow. And if you play that little bit of longer game, those customers become customers now who then have a chance to try your product and then come holiday are buying your product for all of their friends and family because they've tried it, they've built a, you've built a relationship with them, um, they feel connected to you as a brand and uh, you don't have that rush of, we have these massive Q4 goals and so we just need to like push product with people. Uh, You get the chance to build relationship which ultimately helps you meet those Q4 goals.
0: Well, and then when you have that relationship, you can be much less reliant on uh, discounting that helps quite a bit uh, to drive drive our, our profit revenue goals. Um, and if, you, you know, if you're you saying, hey, let's acquire the cold traffic now, and so you could build mm-hmm. that relationship. Well, okay, I- ignoring the relationship part, you're gonna pay a lot more for any traffic you drive the closer we get to Black Heck Friday. Yeah. yeah, so, all right, I've got, uh, I drive them to the list, I get them into the welcome series, Is there anything else there? So, providing
1: the opportunities to connect with you, I think, is really important. One, we've talked about deliverability, and any chance that somebody is replying to you is uh, increasing your deliverability. Um, It's also further establishing that relationship. Um, And, like your connection with that brand through SMS, Uh, having, getting a reply, you replying, and whether that was automated or not. it feeling like a conversation changes how you think about that brand. You brought it up in this conversation. You might not have if you had been on the website, abandoned the cart and they never talked to you again. Um, you, you know,
0: you're right because I th- I thought it, it was like a fun, it's such a, a fun catalog and they're doing some advanced marketing. But the thing I have shared and retold is that mm-hmm. SMS story. I've probably, you're this is probably the third time I've talked about it. So 100% you're right and it was because it was approached as like a customer service agent reached out was how Mm -hmm. it was framed and it was totally believable uh i loved it and you're right it was just like the most basic and quick of human yeah some other
1: basic things that you can do is you know let's say that relationship goes to the point that the sale is accomplished um simply a personal connection in the packaging um I ordered supplements the other day and uh, got the. Well, first of all, they arrived within like three or four days, which was awesome. Um, and just on the packing slip, there was no, there were no additional inserts. Um, no, it was not even a special box. It was just a box. The only way I knew it was from the company was on the return address. Um, the on the packing slip, they someone wrote a two sentence like, "Hey, thanks for your first order with us. Hope you really enjoy these." Uh, and they sign her name. And that was it. There was no ask of me. There was no, uh, like super branding about anything. Uh, it was just a handwritten note in green pen and it stood out. Um, uh, and, and I've seen other people who order from that brand who also share, uh, images of that two sentences written on their packing slip. So it's obviously not unique to me. Um, they didn't like choose me out of all customers to write a note to. They do it for everyone, but it has an impact because I've seen people share it on social media.
0: Yeah, it still feels cool when you see that, especially like when you make it look a little more low fidelity yeah. the way they did. That adds authenticity. All right. So tongue in cheek, but maybe not. What if you just got like a uh, lined paper ripped out of a spiral notebook <laughs> and then you wrote the note on that and folded it in there? I mean...
1: That it would really feel, give it the
0: authenticity. It,
1: it really feels like a small business, then.
0: Okay. If, it, <laughs> Good or bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've ordered so many things from different brands of all sizes and there's everything from like super branded inserts and, um, packaging and, you know, even the box inside the box and like everything is well thought out. And then I've ordered from brands like this one where they just wrote a note on the packing slip and I've ordered from ones that have nothing but a packing slip or sometimes they even no, even no packing slip. Um, and the experience is very different every time. Uh, the well-branded stuff is great um but i also i don't like to keep a lot of things so i often throw those things away and i feel bad me throwing too. those things away I'm that's like, where i'm Man. at with it
0: but also like, like all worse. this stuff is getting is going in the garbage or the recycling within 90 seconds of me opening this
1: yeah and i feel it's bad like, oh, on like two levels right like One, this is such a waste of paper for the planet, and like we don't need to be creating this kind of trash. And then, two, this brand spent a lot of money and time developing these things. And like, I love the brand, but I don't need this stuff. So, away it goes. So, the the
0: optimization is the note goes on the packing slip.
1: I mean, honestly, like if
0: you I think we've cracked the code here,
1: especially if like sustainability is your thing, right? Right. Um,
0: But no, that's you. You got to put the package slip in for practicality and then handwritten note on it the whole thing just feels like authentic and direct and real and it's practical yeah and i like that
1: yeah it probably takes 15 extra seconds than stuffing a couple inserts in does um so but you know you compound those 15 seconds over time and the customer lifetime value and how it has an impact it's it's one of those things like like anything with email it's worth testing Right. So test it on a few customers. See how the, see what it does. If people are responding on social media, if people are, um, you know, replying to your emails and saying, like, thanks for that note on my packing slip. It really meant a lot to me. uh, Then you add it into more packages and, and you change your processes based on the feedback from your customers. Um, I think that that's like what the most important thing that I want to impress on merchants is. Go from being company focused to customer focused. Like, stop worrying about putting your brand out there and start thinking about how do you connect with the customers that your brand can help?
0: Oh, mindset shift. That's yeah.
1: Good. It's massive, but it's really important. You know, um, I know we've we've already like talked about our kids, but I, I feel like there's so much about business that you can learn from parenting. And uh, like, it, you know, just trying to get your kid to listen is not going to work, but connecting with your kid about what's going on for them and and then impressing on what you need to have happen and how you need the cooperation, like that's a totally different conversation. And you're much, likely, much more likely to get the results you're looking for. Um, you know, telling your kid, turn off the TV and come to dinner, isn't going to end great, um, versus like, I know you're watching a show and I, I love when I'm sitting down and watching a show and I want to keep doing that too. Um, we need to eat dinner and we're going to have dinner as a family. So let's turn it off right now, come eat dinner. And I know there's five more minutes left. So instead of doing that right now, we're going to watch it after we eat dinner. And there's probably still going to be some whining, but you're going to get more cooperation that way. And, and if you can take that mindset into running your business, um, instead of going from go buy this thing and you know we're the best and you need to buy it, to um, we know you have options and here's some stuff that is really important to us and we think it might be important to you too and that's why we think you should give us a try. Um, that's a different conversation you're having with your customers. And you're not asking them to change their habits for the rest of their life on a whim, but you're asking them to make a considered decision and try your product and see how it changes things for them um, because you know what your product can do.
0: I, I love that advice. I really do. We're just like, hey, you are going to treat them like a fellow human and then call, like, rationally make the case for your product. The, our message here is, look for these easy wins that make you feel you know authentic and genuine help you connect with people. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the big advantages that a small brand has over a big brand. But that doesn't mean we can't borrow things that work from big brands. Yeah. So what are some what are some of the things big brands are doing that small brands can replicate?
1: Well, one of the things that you pointed out earlier is that big brands have a a longer a longer game in mind, right? Like they can do the long play and they can throw a little bit more budget at things and let uh, opportunities play out. So even when you don't have a big budget, you can think about how do I build this long-term opportunity with my potential customers? Uh it, and you can do it in a no budget way, right? Like big brands might be throwing money at the problem to run ads longer to build, you know, to build through a particular customer journey. Um, And you can do it in non money spending ways, like uh, building out those email or SMS journeys, um, building out referral programs that actually have an impact. So not the like, give 20 get 20 um that everyone does but like think about what's actually impactful for your customers and how you can roll that out um and you know creating this groundswell of customers who really go to bat for you um you know we talked earlier about cbd customers there's uh a new CBD brand called House of Wise, and they have an affiliate program um, that is the foundation for the way that they run their business. Uh, you, there are women who are, are House of Wise customers who join the affiliate program, join their their little network that they have of um, affiliates, and you then get a link to share with all of your friends. Um, you know, the product and to be able to talk about it. And they actually support their affiliates with, they do a weekly Wednesday night, uh, zoom call and talk about different topics. Um, They send emails to affiliates on a regular basis um, with, here's how you can talk about this product. Here's some of the things that other people are experiencing that maybe you haven't experienced, but you can share that story. So they don't just have a referral or affiliate program, they actually support it. And uh, I, you know, that that long game that brands are pl- big brands are playing can be done in different ways for smaller brands with, I mean, running an affiliate program, like having those custom links, obviously, there's a software involved there. But we- weekly zooms and a email every week to your affiliates, that's very low cost, uh, other than your time. So um, it's, you know, how can you replicate that kind of long game that big brands are doing in smaller ways and in low cost ways? I think that's the question to be asking. And instead of looking at big brands and saying like, let's copy those emails or what I heard a lot as an email marketing consultant was, I want to do emails like Glossier. I want to be the next Equinox of whatever brand, you know, it's like
0: Uber for you have to whatever. to put in the work then.
1: Yeah, right, well one, Good luck. Um, and two, uh, you know, they have entire teams of email people and brand people. And, you know, so it's an entirely different game that you're playing. And, uh, but you can look to those brands and say, what are they doing that I can do um, in different ways? It's taking away the like, let's just copy and paste and looking at, from a more investigative standpoint. What are they doing? How can I? deconstruct that a bit and bring it into my brand? And is there a way that I can do this that doesn't cost me as much money as they might be
0: spending on it? Uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to look at like, okay, what is there and what is the strategy here? And what's the tactic? And try and implement that in your own business with your tools as opposed to like, well, we need to slavishly copy everything they do. That's not practical and it doesn't particularly work well. Yeah, Take what works and then apply it to your own business in you know whatever processes work for you, right? So uh, this House of Wise site is really nice. Wise, mm-hmm. W-I-S-E. I put that in the show notes. Um, but are there any other examples you like?
1: Oh, of brands that are doing that, like kind of long game thing. Um, yeah. Bl- Bloom is another great one. B-L-U-M-E. Um, they have a whole referral affiliate program built out. It's actually called Bloomtopia. Um, so, and House of Wise calls it Wise Women. Uh, so, like. They're not just creating a here's your link that's buried in your account dashboard, but they're creating movements. They're creating groups of people, community, um, by naming it, by bringing them together. Um, I think Bloom does like a, they're a very Gen Z focused brand and, uh, they do like a private Instagram account that only members of Bloomtopia can, uh, join and then they do like special stories and things like that for them um so it's pretty know, cool yeah it's private like,
0: instagram account wow
1: right and like the um wise women wednesdays their their zoom thing for their affiliates it's always i think it's like 8 p.m or something it's acknowledging the fact that um most of the women that are customers are also parents. The founder is a parent of young kids. Um, and so it's like, this is an after bedtime thing. It might even be a 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, it's like they are bringing the, the, um, the things that their customers need, that their affiliates need, whether it's a private Instagram account or, uh, connecting at 9 p.m. after the kids are in bed. It's what their customers need. And that's where I think is really important is, Knowing your customers really well so you can deliver on what they actually need what matters to them
0: All right, let's uh, we've gone long. So let's wrap it up. Mm -hmm. What do you want people to take away from this?
1: I think the most important thing to do in marketing is to remember that there are human beings on the other side of what you do Not Uh, consumers (laughs) not not consumers locusts. No, uh, not leeches um Uh, and and also not robots or zombies, right? They are they are human beings who uh, take into account a lot of different factors about why they make purchases, and sometimes it, it, those those things that are taken into in, into account are not your product at all. Um, so making sure that you are connecting with customers in the exact same way you would if somebody came into your house for a dinner party, uh, connecting with them, telling stories sharing who you are, learning more about them, um, and knowing that all of that leads to the goal that you're looking for, um, which in the case of e-commerce is a sale. Um, And that sale could come from that customer. It could also come from them talking about you to other people and other people becoming customers. Um, you might not buy that bling chain with Spider-Man on it, but someone listening to this is gonna go find that brand because that, that sounds so freaking rad to them, you know? So, and that's what I think is most important is you having that relationship, the examples we've given today show building relationship creates customers not only in the immediate, but in the long term.
0: A hundred percent. This is fabulous advice. Um, really practical, which I, I love. And what's so great about it? Is anyone can do what you're suggesting mm-hmm. with a little bit. They roll up your sleeves, a little bit of elbow grease, and be willing to fail a little bit. You could 100% do everything you suggested.
1: Yeah, and at the bare minimum, you can test it. You can apply it to a segment of your audience and see how it goes. If you're like, "Well, I'm just gonna, I want to keep running things the way I've been running because so far it's successful," that's fine. Take you know your your most loyal customers and try something new on them and see what happens. Because um, most likely, your most loyal customers are not going to be freaked out by something new. Um, so, at the very bare minimum, test it. Let it run for 60, 90 days and then see what happens. Um, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't know that I will be.
0: Oh, for, yeah, I sincerely doubt it. Uh, <laughs> what, um, where could people go to learn more about you?
1: I'm always on Twitter. And in fact, if anyone listening is a Clavio customer, I want to talk to you. Uh, I love talking to merchants and, and it's my job to talk to Clavio customers, which is the most fun job in the whole world. Um, so I can go through our database and, uh, you know, reach out to people. But if you're listening, uh, you are someone I want to talk to. So come find me. I'm at love Val Geisler on Twitter. My DMs are open. Um, come chat with me and we'll set up a time so I can learn your story and share it with the world um, with both internally and externally.
0: Val. Thank you so much. This has been enlightening and fantastic. Thank you, as always, Kurt. If you're new to the e-commerce space, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a really simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify store theme is the foundation of your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, and more importantly, how easy it is for visitors to see the value in what you're offering and convert them into paying customers. With close to 10 years of experience building beautiful, high-performing themes, the folks at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit Outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURT20 for 20% off their best-selling themes and my favorites, Flex and Turbo. That's Outofthesandbox.com unofficial promo code KURT20 for 20% off flex and turbo if you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe If you're listening on a smartphone tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast you'll find some episode notes including links to sites we discussed and maybe some details you missed you'll also find offers from our sponsors so please support our show by supporting them and thank you the unofficial shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me kurt elster produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.